Buongiorno e benvenuti, amici. Welcome to Kimberly's Italy, a podcast about our love of all things Italian. And you know by now, maybe, my name is Kimberly Holcomb, and I am with Tommaso. Buongiorno, Belladonna. Buongiorno. This is the first time you haven't used my surname, Fabuloso. I never, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I thought you were going to say, why aren't I using your real name? Because we don't want to. <laughs> but Favoloso is a fantastic cognome. They say that's the word for last name, cognome. Come il tuo cognome? Favoloso. Certo. Bravo. All right, we want to share a fabulous story about visiting one of the most beautiful villas we have ever seen in one of the most beautiful places in all of Italy, Lago di Como. However, first, we would like to once again politely remind you that if you are thinking of an Italian vacation in 2024, you should really start looking for accommodations now as crazy as you think that may be. But apparently, the global love of Bellitalia is not showing any signs of slowing down. And as we've mentioned in a previous episode, 2022, we're 55 million people going to Italy on vacation. And in 2023, they're estimating over 70 million. <sighs> That's a lot of people. That's a lot of hotel room nights. Exactly. And I will say that some of the Italians I work with in various hotels and villas around the country, they they told me pretty recently they've already been taking reservations for the fall of 2024 for months now. Right. And, you know, the same thing applies to my travel planning. If you'd like my help for any month of 2024, the sooner you get in touch, the better. Allora, on to our visit to the stunning villa on Lago di Como, called Pasalacqua. And perhaps some of you have heard this in the past week due to the fact it earned the distinction of being named the best hotel in the world. And this award comes from a publishing company called 50 Best. And their website describes their business as this. I thought it was so appropriate. I'm just quoting it. 50 Best acknowledges the many levels on which hotels operate as well as the people behind them recognizing and celebrating the most outstanding establishments and the individuals who bring them to life. Tommaso, doesn't that perfectly describe our visit to Pasalacqua? Sort of. But let what me, do you mean? <laughs> no, let me add a few adjectives that they forgot. Understated elegance, superb taste, and superb craftsmanship. Bravo. That's what just blew me away. We'll get into it, but they should have used those adjectives. Well, I agree. But besides the stunning beauty of the hotel, it was the people working there that really impressed us. We weren't guests of the hotel, yet they treated us with the same respect as though we were. We yeah, were just there visiting. That said a lot. It did, and indeed. And we've been to many places where if you're going for a little look-see, they treat you like, oh. Here's another marketing tour. So let's back up and tell you why we had this fabulous visit to Pasalacqua at the end of 2022. I had a new client from New York City who engaged me to plan a week-long stay in Lago di Como for August this past month 
August of 2023. And he wanted to host a lot of friends for his 50th birthday and enjoy the week with everything, private boats and various lunches, lakeside, dinners in the mountains, hikes, e-bikes, you name it. And a few months before this client got in touch with me is when I started seeing these articles mentioning Lago de Como's newest addition to what is already a very impressive list of beautiful hotels and villas. So when they open, when Pasolacqua opened, it was just article in Condé Nast Traveler, Travel and Leisure, The Guardian. So of course I saved it, looked at the website and thought, wow, what a place. And I immediately thought, Pasolacqua could be the perfect place for this client. So I sent an email to them mentioning that we would be in Lago de Como and wondering if they would allow a visit if they were open post-Christmas. That is when Tomaso and I went. And I received a very kind email from a woman named Sabrina. And I mentioned the kind and friendly part because it was such a nice email. And you could just tell from one single email how friendly she was. And I think that somewhat set the stage for our visit. And and it set the stage for the, it seems to set the stage for the attitude when you walk in the door. Exactly. You know, you're walking into a place where you're welcomed. Yes. So we made the appointment for a few days after Christmas and Tommaso and I took the boat just two stops up from Chernobyl where we were staying. And we decided to walk up the ancient stone medieval foot pathway instead of the normal road, which was fabulous. But when we finally came around to the entrance, we had to buzz because it wasn't technically open. So we hit the chitofono, the buzzer, and someone came out to greet us. But while we were looking through those ornate, beautiful gates, we're like, look at the landscaping. Look at what's growing. It was stunning. And it was, you know, like December 28th. And it was a very far cry from what we're used to this time of year or that time of year, like our little island's winter vegetation was nothing like what we were looking at. Well, Lake Como is nothing like what (laughs) our little island, but the fact is the variety and the placement. Yes. I mean, is just from us standing there looking through the gates. I'm going to wait till we get purely from the aesthetic view of the placement of certain plants and certain trees. Yes. It was amazing. So when we entered We met Sabrina, who is just as friendly in real life, and she was so enthusiastic and proud of everything that went into the renovation of this villa, which had once been the private home of the composer Vincenzo Bellini, who is most well-known, not for the Bellini cocktail, but for his masterpiece called Norma. However, the name Pasolacqua is the surname of the family that built the villa originally. And in 2018, the DeSantis family purchased this villa with the intention of renovating it for hospitality, but maintaining the concept that it is still a family villa. And they want each and every guest to feel part of this villa's life. Therefore, they encourage each guest to roam into the open kitchen, help themselves to fruit or whatever the chefs may be preparing for that evening. They can gather the eggs from the chicken coop if they'd like. They can play bocce. They can stroll around the herb and vegetable garden. They can walk around the seven acres in their bathing suit if they'd like. I was, when they said you can go into the kitchen, that would be. Oh, wasn't it awesome? Totally. There were no like 
doors to the kitchen. You just walked in to the big communal kitchen where everyone that was working was in there. Ciao, come va? Well, also, you hungry? What's the limit on the guests? Is it 54? 24 rooms. 24 rooms. So I think it's what, 48 people or something like that. You're going to feel like a large weekend party there. You're not going to feel like you're in a hotel with exactly. 500 other, 600 other people. Exactly. But you know what? Let me go back and share a bit more of the DeSantis family. They are, I think the correct word would be they're a seasoned family in the world of hospitality in Lago di Como. And they own and run the Grand Hotel Tremezzo, which is further up the lake. Even the Grand Hotel Tremezzo's website goes into great detail about the three generations who have been at the helm of that lovely and Grand Hotel, appropriate word for the name, Grand Hotel Tremezzo. I have had a few clients stay there over the years and seriously, collectively, they all said they barely left because it was so pleasant and enjoyable to stay there. I would email them after the trip. So did you go to Verena? Did you go to Chernobyl? Not really. We just kind of <laughs> we just kind of stayed poolside, did everything there they offer. It's a lovely, lovely place. So Pasalacqua was and is, I should say, the passion project of Valentina De Santis. She brought it to life with the manager Silvio Vetterello. And they brought some of the staff from Grand Hotel Tremezzo with them down the lake to Moltrasio. And those were the friendly and engaging people Tommaso and I met that day. Like the young man that brought us our aperitivo. Oh, yes. His English was perfect. And his antipasto. It was perfect. And he had lived in the U.S. for a while and several other countries. And he decided to go move back to his hometown in Maltrasio. 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 Bravo. And work at Pasalacqua. And, and he was so proud and surprised. He thought, I've been around the globe. I come back home. I live like three streets away. Right. Isn't that amazing? And then, oh, and remember that female bartender? I think she was Brazilian. I don't know, but I seem to remember she spoke about nine languages. Yes, she was so friendly and so kind. Yes. Yeah, she was chatty once we started speaking to her. Yes. Just lovely. But I, re- I remember asking her, you know, where she lived and we chatted and she said she spoke an inordinate amount of languages and I can barely speak English. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's okay. Glad I can edit. And then there was Sabrina. She had, uh, when we entered, she just had the most welcoming and beautiful smile that literally stayed on her face the entire time. And on top of it, Remember how funny she was? And I think that someone that can express a sense of humor in a language that is not their mother tongue, that's a gift. Yes, that is a gift that I would hope to achieve someday. You will. You will. It's a long road to cross. You will make it. Okay. All right. So let's get back to our tour. We started in the main building where Sabrina pointed out all the details of the craftsmanship that went into every single thing We looked at the flooring, mosaic tile and marble flooring, upholstery, hand-painted walls. Do you remember that, Tommaso? In one of the bedrooms, it was hand-painted to look like old wallpaper. Again, when I go back to the adjectives that I used at the beginning, elegance and superb taste, one of the things that struck me about this hotel was the palette 
Yes. The palate was so just, you know, some people try too hard when they decorate hotels. You know, that's my view. This was like elegance without trying hard. We know what we're doing. She probably did try hard, but it didn't look like she did. Well, that's that's, that's, that's elegance. Right. But every single thing, the Murano glass chandeliers that were hand-blown specifically for the library, the various suites, every single thing was crafted by Italian artisans from all over the country. They found people that specialized and were the best in the business for every single thing they wanted. I think the only thing that was purchased really were the antiques that they bought specifically for that one little corner or for example that little box that held the big old-fashioned keys to each room Mm -hmm. there were like five pounds each yes you You don't want to fall in the lake with those in your pocket oh just amazing but the most impressive piece in my opinion i know what you're gonna say yes those handmade leather trunks at the base of the beds and the discreet button that opened the top and the TV slowly raised up <laughs> to viewing level. Now, we don't watch TV in bed, but... We don't have a TV in our bedroom. We don't have a TV We don't even bed. watch TV, but, really. But I can imagine it'd be a very nice place to watch TV on a rainy day. Well, regardless, the fact that they chose to not have a TV, one of the first things you see when you enter this elegant room. So instead, they had it trunk designed to discreetly hide the TV, which is there when you'd like it. And let me just say, I've got a little bit of a tick that I talk about that I that just disturbs me every time you walk into someone's home or you see a, a beautiful home and there's a TV over the fireplace that actually should be a beautiful piece of art. So the fact they hid this in there sort of speaks to me because I'm always <laughs> thinking that we should hide the TV somewhere. Do you remember the little dog bowls they had in some rooms. Oh, everything about it. Every single detail was amazing. And in the Bellini suite, named after the composer I mentioned earlier, there is an incredible Murano chandelier, a grand piano, paintings that make you feel like you're in a museum. But yet, as you mentioned earlier, the palette. Personally, I think the pop of color on all the various fabrics and and curtains and carpeting, it just kept our eyes moving when you're walking around and subconsciously you're seeing all this stuff, but somehow it all came together collectively. And when you kind of finish, you're like, whoa. That, that's a very good, I that's, just, keep your eyes moving. Yes. I mean, we were there for hours and my eyes, when, when we left, my eyes were tired. Well, even- they, they, They'd actually run a marathon. <laughs> Well, the same applies to the exterior, to the outside. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, it was December 28th. There were so many colorful flower beds, palm trees, and the brightly colored umbrellas, which we'll describe in a second. But everything, everything was just, just kept your eyes moving. And then there was the piece de la resistance. (laughs) That's my bad French. The screaming orange spiagina which is an open-top Fiat Cinquecento. And they had it retrofit with rattan seats. The front two seats were rattan. And a luggage rack on the back with a little, like, you know, picnic basket or a little suitcase. It was so 
Carino. They even had little orange trim color on the tire. I mean, everything about that Fiat Cinquecento just made you smile. It was like a little orange ball of happiness, pure, pure joy. Happiness. <laughs> we should have one of those in Jamestown tootle, oh, to tootle so around the island. Cute. So this Biagino, this Fiat Cinquecento, is parked when not in use right at the bottom of the stone stairs from the main entrance. So once you go down those stairs, there's the Fiat Cinquecento, this bright orange ball of happiness. And, you know, Sabrina told us to go spend an hour or two walking around all the various seven acres of gardens. Few photos discreetly of the Cinquecento, but no one was there to see us, so it was okay. (laughs) Some video. And then we went to the right, to the pool. Okay, so this pool, let me just try and give you a visual. A nice, long, beautifully shaped pool with the most comfortable looking lounge chairs I've ever seen in my life. They were like 10 inches thick. They just looked like you could lay on it all day under a dome-shaped umbrella where the inside, the underneath part of the umbrella, had hand-painted designs of orange and white floral and whatnot. The top of it, the top of the umbrella was green. There was fringe around the scallop shape of the bottom of the edge. And so you have orange and white and green and the blue pool and palm trees and the view. The view from this pool goes south down the lake toward the city of Como. Not that you can see it, but that's your view. And what's in between you and that view are the trees that you mentioned at the beginning. The most majestic, mature, beautiful trees I've ever seen a collection of them in one place. But that's just the view from the pool. We then went to the other side, to the left, and there were all these outdoor, well, obviously outdoor, all these seating areas where you could sit and read a book or play like chess, make a craft, do whatever you want on these beautiful tables. Some were marble. I believe some were painted to look like marble. They had like a fleur-de-lis design and everything. And then a very old and elegant gazebo with marble columns supporting an intricate wrought iron canopy. And it was just like one inch wide pieces of iron curved and bent that form this canopy, the most intricate, beautiful thing. And it was just there in the middle of this little area. This canopy, this gazebo wouldn't provide any cover from the rain since it was, you know, just kind of sculptural, but it did provide some very long stairs from Tommaso and myself. We walked around it. I took pictures of it. Again, it was the, crafts, the craftsmanship. That I believe was old, but I could be wrong. Well, it, because it, there was like a relief of sculpture around the bottom of the canopy. So I'm not sure, but even man, if it that was, was old, beautiful. Even if it was not done by them, if it was the original when Bellini had it, it was magnificent. Mm-hmm. And then below that area is where the bocce court was, and it was this long rectangular shaped terrace with perfect grass, then this very long bocce court on one side, and on the opposite side was, or is, their vegetable and herb garden that was flourishing in December. It was stunning. 
And they had these very comfortable, they weren't lounge chairs, but they were very, very comfortable chairs with tables. So we sat there for a very long time. And the view from this particular terrace area was north. So the mountains, first time without snow on them, sadly, mm-hmm. but the mountains going, um, well, north, north toward Bellagio. The view was absolutely stunning, and we must have sat there for 45 minutes just soaking it all in and looking at each other, thinking, this is truly remarkable. All, all I was thinking of is how good I would look playing bocce there <laughs> with a Bellini. <laughs> how in, good you would feel. How good I'm not sure how good you'd look. I would look good. <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. It was great. But, okay, then let's go back to the other side again. There was, there is, I should say, a greenhouse type building. And I believe this was kind of set back behind the pool, built into the earth a little bit. And in this greenhouse is where they do all these floral decorations. They have floral decoration classes. They have yoga in there in the rain. And then behind all that, do you remember seeing a couple treadmills and stationary bikes you imagine working out looking at that view mm-hmm. it was amazing i can imagine everything yes <laughs> okay and as we mentioned briefly before all the different species of trees you and i noticed that when we initially got to the front gate then from the pool but then when you're in the middle of this terraced area you look out to just an incredible mixture of as i mentioned earlier mature trees that just were unlike any collection I had seen in the same place before. I mean, it was reflective in my view, you know, Frederick Law Olmsted was one of the great landscape architects in America, Boston Public Garden, all over the place around here. And he viewed trees as sculptural. Yes. And that's what this also was. It wasn't, oftentimes you see a, a nice tree with junipers around it or something else and all sort of piled together each tree looked like it was thought out someone sat there and really thought what that tree would look like when it matured which is a hard thing to do but that might have been hundreds of years ago well whoever did prior was pretty was pretty spot on exactly they were forward thinking and then valentina DeSantis put her hand in all of this i'm sure all right but let me just describe my personal favorite thing about this exterior and that is the detail of the design let me just describe what this is as i mentioned the cinquecento is at the bottom of the stairs then there's i'm going to call it a path instead of a road it's just wide enough for the cinquecento and this path goes on either end so you come down the middle of the stairs there's a cinquecento the path goes to the right and curves around The path goes to the left and curves around. Then they come together like barely kissing. It's like a ribbon that just winds its way down to the right, to the left, to the center, to the right, to the left. And it goes down the entire hill as far as you can see. But the beauty of it, not just the design of how it was laid in in the land, but how they made it. So in the center of this path that's maybe, what, six feet wide? are flat, smooth granite or some kind of slate stone that people can walk on. On the opposite side of each of 
that stone are individual, similar sized shape stones, all in shades of gray. I kid you not. And they were placed into the mortar by hand to make the most beautiful design. It's the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And I was just, I don't know, both of us were mesmerized by it. It was such a it was such a piece of art. And when you're, and when you're, I'm looking at a picture of it on the computer right now. And as you're walking up and the Cinquecento and the building behind you, it just sort of leads you. It, it's, it's a it, visual treat. It's a visual feast. You, your eyes just never stop absorbing the right. visuals. Right. I have a lot of photos. I'm going to put them on Instagram tonight or tomorrow for this episode. So in Soma, in summary, we are so grateful that we were able to visit Pasalacqua in its inaugural year and to meet several of the friendly and attentive and gracious people who are partly responsible for winning the prestigious award of the best hotel in the world. And we should add that Pasalacqua may not be in everyone's travel budget, but it is definitely worth looking at their website. So you can see Italian architecture and craftsmanship and landscape gardening and design at its very best. Can you put Pasalacqua site on the show notes? Yes, I can. Pasalacqua.it. Finally, 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 finalmente. I would like to say that after our visit, I sent an email to the staff at Grand Hotel Tremezzo, where I believe Valentina's office is, but I'm not sure it was ever received. So I am going to take this opportunity right now to repeat what I said in the email. And that was that Tommaso and I were so impressed by Sabrina and everyone else we met that day and the decision to have these young and genuinely friendly people be the face of Pasalacqua will surely make it a beloved place to stay. Well said, my love. Well, thank you. Oh, mi amore. Well, that was very, very gentile, carino, <laughs> grazie mille, e basta. E basta. Oh, oh, wait, I should say, I should add this, I forgot. I should mention that my client, the man from New York City, did not have his birthday party at Pasalacqua because at the time that we were there, I was unaware that his family, his wife's family, have their own villa on the other side of the lake and he had not informed me of that yet so I didn't know. I was so excited thinking that I could make this happen for my client at Pasalacqua but in the end that wasn't meant to be but something else is going to be meant to be and I hope to have clients there soon. Now I can say hey basta grazie mille and we should share that we are leaving next week for Italy we'll be gone about three weeks and we will get some episodes up while we're on the road. All right, now we can say, va bene, grazie mille, ci sentiamo e ciao ciao. Ciao ciao.